You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we are working to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear good news and as we scatter to share it. If you have a Bible with you, you can turn over to John chapter 10. Uh, we're going to be working mostly out of verses 1 through 10, but we might cheat a little bit, okay? And there's a reason why we might cheat a little bit, and that's because here in John chapter 10, for you and I, we're going to listen to this passage and we're going to have gospel ears on, okay? We've got gospel glasses and the lenses well, we're going to see very clearly where the good news of Jesus is at for us in this text. The only problem with this passage in John chapter 10 is if we were standing where the Pharisees were standing, where the other people following Jesus are standing on this day, there's no good news for us in this text. You see it. I see it. Why? Because we hear our shepherd's voice, okay? But those listening to him this day don't necessarily hear their shepherd's voice. And so we want to make sure that we get to good news in this passage this morning. So let me start us off by reading from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Very truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and robber. Okay, I'm actually going to stop right there. Uh, Question, do you fix the squeaky doors at your house? Huh? I don't. I don't, because I want to know where Kian's going at all times, right? I also want to know who else is coming in and out of those doors. When you see someone on the property and you know they didn't enter the front gate, that is a problem, is it not? Yeah? Jesus is calling that person a thief and a robber. These two words could sound like the same thing to us, but very practically, the thief is someone who is a, you know, an opportunity person, and the robber is someone who's using violence to do it. All right, So we have both things represented here. So very truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Then verse 6, John, as John often does, puts in a little note here to help us understand what's actually happening. This figure of speech, or this parable, we could say, Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said to them, Very truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me 
are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. We ask as we hear your word over and over again, walking through it this morning, God, we ask that by that word and through your spirit, uh, we will clearly hear your voice, um, that we will know our shepherd. We thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for, for every opportunity we have to hear your word. Um, Lord, we ask that that will be uh, to us the food that we need, um, that we will understand that this is exactly how you mean for us to be fed and led. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. And here's our big idea for this morning. Jesus is the good shepherd who gave his life for you. Jesus is the good shepherd who gave his life for you. So, so Jesus starts us off there in verse 1 talking about someone who is not a real shepherd. Someone who is not the one that everyone should be following. In fact, he calls them strangers. Elsewhere in the, in the New Testament, in Jesus' teaching, he calls them false shepherds. Ezekiel picks up the same idea. But not just Ezekiel. In fact, throughout all of the Old Testament, we see this over and over and over again. You could go to Ezekiel chapter 34. You could go back to Numbers chapter 27. You could go to Zechariah, the end of chapter 13. We could go to Isaiah 63. We could go to Micah 2. And over and over and over again, this is over the course then of 800 and some odd years, more than that actually, <laughs> we have this picture of a good shepherd and a bad shepherd. And the encouragement to understand the difference between the two. And not only that, but understand what happens to the bad shepherd. The false shepherd. The one that doesn't come through this, the sheep gate, right? Um, but rather the one that sneaks in the property some other way. And so then Jesus paints the picture for us of who the real shepherd is. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, this is, maybe there's a couple of other small parables in the Gospel of John, but this is the only parable then, the only true parable, lengthy one, in the Gospel of John. And um, I'll be honest with you, the deeper that you dive into it, the more confusing it becomes. Okay, <laughs> because at different times here, Jesus is going to be the shepherd. Uh, he's the one that came in through the door. There's a gatekeeper. Um, also, he is the door. Let's just say that there's a lot of mixed illustrations going on here. Let's understand a little bit about where we've come from. Back in John chapter 9, we actually studied this together, I don't know, a while ago. And this is when Jesus heals the blind man. And it's the blind man in particular 
where the Pharisees are calling together the blind man's family and they're putting everyone on trial because they want to know whether or not this Jesus person is claiming to be something that he shouldn't be. Right? They want to know who's at fault here <laughs> for someone being healed. In the midst of that parable, uh, something interesting happens. The blind man, and it's, it is difficult to tell in that, in that, not sorry, not parable, but in that story, that event that took place, it's difficult to tell exactly, but this is the one where Jesus spits and he rubs the mud on the guy's eyes and the guy finds his way to the pools. Uh, did someone help lead him? Did he know the way? Or when Jesus actually touched him, was the man healed, but he just had mud in his eyes? <laughs> okay, <laughs> And he had to go and wash it out, and then he clearly saw. That's actually the way that I prefer to understand the passage. Um, it makes the whole thing make a whole lot more sense. But in the midst of that, uh, what happened? Well, the guy never clearly saw Jesus. And so the Pharisees call him, and they say, so who is this? I, I don't know. I, it seems like a, a teacher. Uh, they called him Jesus. Later on, they call him back, and he's like, yeah, no, I, he was a prophet. I'm not really sure. See, he didn't know who Jesus was yet. And then Jesus goes out, and he seeks that blind man, and he finds him again. And the blind man says, uh, how am I supposed to know who you are other than the guy that healed me? And Jesus says, well, I am the son of man. And he doesn't say, I'm a prophet, I'm a teacher, I'm the guy that healed you. He says, I'm the son of man. And the guy says, I believe. And so what happened there? Uh, that guy had never clearly seen Jesus before. It was always like this, that he had seen Jesus. But he knew the voice of his shepherd. Right? Right? He heard the word of the Lord, and he believed. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of God, right? And I'm going to keep doing it over and over again. And who is that word? Jesus is that word. He gives himself to that blind man. All right, so here we go. We're talking about sheep again, okay? <laughs> but in the midst of talking about sheep, who is, who's, who's putting Jesus on trial constantly, right? Here it says that he's talking to the Jews, to the Judeans, um, he's actually uh, spoken a hard word at the end of chapter 9 to the teachers and to the religious leaders. And this hard word continues. In fact, verse 6 there, where John tells us this parable or this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. All right, now... I see this all the time because um, I love YouTube, okay? <laughs> but one of the things that you will always see is someone, maybe it's someone who has like a, like their, uh, their background, their family was Jewish. They're, they're not practicing, but they know what happens in the Old Testament. Or you see lots of people that um, maybe they're psychologists, they're, uh, people that like to think through deeply and well through a lot of things. And when they handle, especially Jesus' actions in the New Testament, one, it's always uh, a moral thing. It's always something that, okay, we need to somehow 
practice what Jesus did here. We need to follow him as an example. Or you're just hearing maybe words behind the words. Ah, oh, I get it. Jesus said this because this is a picture for this, which is a picture for this, which is a picture for this, which is really far away from Jesus. Okay. And, and people are always doing that. What is the purpose of a parable? What, what is the purpose of a figure of speech? Well, Matthew tells us this. Back in Matthew chapter 13, he says, uh, to someone who has much, much will be given, and to them that have none, even less. Okay? Uh, he is speaking specifically to the way that he is telling parables to the religious leaders. Because they cannot hear the voice of their shepherd, they will hear nothing. Even in something like this, to you and I with our gospel ears on, with our gospel glasses on, it seems very clear. Well, this is good news, right? But for them, this wasn't good news. This was damning news. Because they don't know who are the people. Who are these false shepherds? Who are the thieves and the robbers? Hold on, is he saying that we're the thieves and the robbers? Yes, that's exactly what he's saying. Why? Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The shepherd hears his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them. So now he's stepping in front of them and leading them. And the sheep follow him and they know his voice. Now we could confuse this and we could think, oh, okay, so this is all about our, our Christian journey of walking the steps of Jesus, uh, almost what, what, what Peter was talking about in 1 Peter. It's that we have to go out and suffer like he suffered. Um, this is all about following in Jesus' footsteps. No, that's not what Jesus is asking us to do here. He is specifically talking about his word and being heard, okay? He's specifically talking about salvation issues here. He's not talking about your moral issues, your action issues. He is talking about salvation. The thieves and the robbers, they don't understand this because they think that they can grip salvation out of the hands of God, that they can steal it away from God. That if they can be measured by God's law, then surely we're better than anyone else and we're going to measure up to who it is that God wants us to be. But that's not where Jesus is taking them. Instead, He brings out all of His sheep, He goes out in front of them, and He leads them. Verse 5, A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from Him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Um, this is a good thing for shepherds. Not a good thing for anyone that's ever had to be delayed by sheep, though. Okay? <laughs> I've never, I've never actually experienced, uh, well, a little bit. I remember some neighbors growing up, and uh, they had left the gate open, and their sheep were just grazing on either side of the road, and it was a fast road. 
And so my dad and I called our neighbors and said, hey, uh, think, and because my dad and I were out there trying to get these sheep to go, and it wasn't working, okay? This was never going to work. There were some cows that were loose. We got the cows back in, but the sheep, they were just stubborn. They would not move. They needed the voice of the shepherd, all right? They don't know the voice of strangers. And so Jesus is, the religious leaders here, he's calling them uh, thieves, robbers, and strangers. But how could that be? They're the ones that have been uh, holding the word of God. They're the ones that have been the caretakers of it, right? They're the ones that have been working to lead these disobedient people. Why are they so disobedient? Because they know the voice of the shepherd. And it's not these guys. They know the voice of the shepherd. And they know that the shepherd doesn't just come offering law, but the shepherd comes offering good news, like we read about in Ezekiel chapter 34, Isaiah 63, and all the other places where God is speaking about the good shepherd who comes and rescues his people. So as we make our way back to verse 6, we have to contend with the fact that parables are difficult to understand. In fact, if you don't have those gospel ears, if you don't have those gospel glasses, in fact, they are intentionally made to hide Jesus from you. That's why someone can take a parable and read nothing but law out of it. Because they don't know the shepherd and they don't know his voice. So when you hear a parable being turned into something that is only law, right? I mean, look, there's, there's parables about grace or, or gospel. There's parables about judgment. And there's parables about God's kingdom. These are really our three types of parables that we have. But when you hear someone reading or teaching that parable from only the place of law, it's because they have not heard and do not know the shepherd's voice. Look, we could break this down in a lot of different ways for today. Are there a lot of people that we know that we could point at who don't know the shepherd's voice? Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Uh, in fact, they are literal thieves and robbers around us. Uh, people that say, if you tithe in this much, then surely God is going to bless you back this much. right? Or, or, or there are people that offer the promises of God to you as though they are the keepers of the secret and only they can give you exactly what God has promised to you. And if it doesn't work out for you, well, that was your problem. You did something wrong. That's exactly what the Pharisees are doing. They're just doing it in a lot holier way. Although this happens in, 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 in other ways too, right? I mean, we can pick on one particular kind of church, uh, maybe a church that's taking your offering three or four times a service, right? We could pick on that church. That's true. But we also need to look at the church at large. And when the church is only offering law, or they're saying the gospel, that's a good thing that exists. It's just not for you. 
Now, no one would ever say that, right? But they would say it like this. They would say, um, see, you can be saved. They would say, did Jesus die for you? They would say, uh, okay, I'm going to try to scale myself back a little bit here. Let me catch my breath. Um, it's like this. Uh, it's like holding the promise of, of God, the, the gospel, out on a stick. right? It's the carrot on the stick. <laughs> and you're never quite able to get the carrot. Because did God save you? Why don't you show me by your life whether God saved you or not? Right, this is the other side of it. And so we have, we have two sides of the coin here. To which Jesus is calling out both of these things, and He's saying, you came in through some other way. You are a thief and a robber. You do not know the shepherd's voice. And so Jesus said to them, very truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All right, so now Jesus says, I am the door. He was the one that came in through the door, but now he is the door. Does this mean that Jesus is a literal door? No, right? What is, but is Jesus a literal entrance way? <laughs> sure, he is that. He is the way by which we enter into all the promises of God. All right, so... So Jesus said to them, Very truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. What's he, what is he talking about here? He's talking about entering into the door and actually having real freedom in him. Right? You, in fact, you're able to be inside the fence and outside the fence and know that you belong to God. What is the, what is the actual picture that Jesus is painting for us here? I, I don't know exactly, okay? Uh, we don't have to go deep into shepherd culture or anything like that to try to figure out the answer. We know here that we have freedom in Christ, okay? All right. Chapter t or verse 10 then. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What is this abundant life here? Well, first of all, we can know that it's a life that we only experience in Christ. We only experience it when we know that He is our shepherd and we have heard His voice. What else can we know about it? Uh, we, we know that this is a life where freedom in Christ is experienced. Right? It, it's not a life that is pinned in on all sides by the law. It's not a life where uh, the promises of God are held out like a carrot on a stick. It's not a life where um, the promises of God are dependent upon the kinds of faithfulness that we exert in the world. We know those things. 
I'm actually going to keep reading in John chapter 10. Uh, it's not a part of our passage, um, but it is uh, important that we hear that. And then we're going to go back to 1 Peter, okay? So, John chapter 10, starting verse 11 then. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand is not a shepherd. Who does not own the sheep, uh, I'm sorry, who does not own the sheep, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to read that again. My, my eyes are failing me. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I might that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own choosing. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from the Father. Now, if you're a disciple listening to Jesus that day, you're pretty sure that He's your good shepherd, right? But you're not quite certain what he means by all of that. Now, you and I, we've just been through Holy Week. We've just been through this Easter season. We know exactly what he means by that. But let's let Peter, and one Peter, there at the end of our previous passage, lay it out for us again. Verse 22 of 1 Peter chapter 2. He committed no sin... Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself carried our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is that good shepherd who gave his life for you. Anchored Baptist Church, uh, you are here this morning because you have heard your shepherd's voice and you know who he is. There are others that are a part of Jesus' flock who have not yet heard his voice. Why? Well, probably if they've heard anything about Jesus, they've heard some things about Jesus. They've heard his name used. They've heard someone say that they're praying for him, for them, or they have heard um, Jesus' name used or misused, right? But they haven't heard the voice of their shepherd. 
They haven't heard Jesus say to them, I am the good shepherd. And you're a part of my flock. There are other people that you know that have not heard that Jesus is the good shepherd who gave his life for them. For you. As we come to a text like this, and as, as we hear Jesus use these words, it is also an encouragement to us that, and, and let me just, let me just, I got to work through this just a little bit, all right? Um, it can seem like a burden sometimes to have to share that good news with others. Because um, in a way here, we're talking about what that first part of our 1 Peter passage is talking about. We're, we're talking about uh, perhaps shame or embarrassment or disapproval and reputation being put on the line. Right? And yet Jesus says in the midst of shame or Disapprove, uh, you know, people disapproving of you in the in the midst of embarrassment. This is actually a gift given to you. And in the midst of going out and sharing the good news of Jesus through His Word, okay, because that's how people hear the voice of their shepherd. You are blessed in doing that. It is is a gift given to you. And so this passage this morning, this big idea, like all of our big ideas, is meant to be a comfort to you. And yet it's also there as an encouragement to you that, to hear that that big idea, it's not just for you, but it's for your neighbor too. Right? Because we can freely say, we can be in the pasture and we can go out the pasture and we can clearly and 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 and. Um, with confidence say to someone else, Jesus is the good shepherd who gave his life for you. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.